With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For some things I may not know. There are some places I can't go. But I am sure of this one thing. My God is real for I can feel him deep within. My God is real. He's real in my soul. My God is real for he has watched and made me whole. His love for me is like pure gold. My God is real for I can feel him in my soul. I cannot tell just how I felt when Jesus washed my sins all away. But since that day and since that hour, my God is real for I Holy power, my God is real, He's real in my soul. My God is real, for He has watched and made me whole. His love for me is like your gold. My God is real, for I can feel Him in my soul. Some things I may not know. There are some places I cannot go, but I am sure of this one thing my God is real, for I can feel him deep within. My God.
is real to Sister Rhonda. I am thankful for that. As she sung that song as a testimony today, but I'm glad to know he's real to me as well. And I hope you know this morning he is real to you and he can be real in your life. All you have to do is just allow him to have his way. Total, total surrender to his will and his way. My God is real. Without a doubt, without a doubt, my God is real. That's one of the many things that God is, and I'm thankful for that this morning. Sister Rhonda didn't know what I was going to preach this morning, but one of the many things that He is is real. Above all else, I'm thankful to know that I don't serve a fake God, a made-up God, a dead God, a non-existing God, but a God that is real. Well, how do you know that He's real? Well, she said it, because He's real in me. He's real in my soul. Come too late to tell me. Some will say, oh, God's not real. Well, you came too late to tell me that. I've already experienced him. I've already have a personal relationship with him. You telling me God is not real would be like you telling me Amy Wyatt is not real. That's just not the case. He is real, and I'm thankful for that this morning. You telling me God is not real is you telling me that this building doesn't sit here today because I've already been in the building, and I've already experienced what is inside of the building. I've already walked down the halls and sat on the pews and stood behind the pulpit. Uh, so you can't tell me there's not a church at 4579 State Road 21 because I know that it's really here. How do I know? Because I've been there. Uh, people that say that God's not real, they've never been there. Uh, I've been in the secret place of the Most High. Uh, I've been in the presence of the Lord. So I know uh, that He is real today. He is real to me. Praise God. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6. Hebrews 11 and verse 6, and, uh, this week God just laid these two words on my heart, and they were laid on there strong. He said, just spoke to me Wednesday night while I was teaching and preaching. He just spoke to my heart and said, God is. And I thought, man, I could go for days with that. Because God is so many things. But as we look here in the faith chapter, and we're, we're talking a lot about faith on Wednesday nights because we're looking to be repairs of the breach. We want to repair the bridge. And what I find is missing in this gospel message that people are delivering today is they've taken so many things out. And what the devil's tried to rob, one of the main things is faith. So uh, that's where I felt uh, that we needed to focus on for several weeks. So we've taken a series from the School of Christ, and I'm preaching that on, on Wednesday nights. And it's been about faith. And this past Wednesday night, we've talked about the function of faith. And so we know that Hebrews chapter 11, we know it as the faith chapter. And Hebrews chapter 11 talks all about faith and the faith of those that have come before us. But in verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 11, we find this. It says, but without faith is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is 
and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I want to preach this morning, God is. God is. Let's just invite him to have his way in this message and ask God to speak to you this morning. You need God to be something in you right now? Pray for it. I believe he wants to do it right here in this message. You don't have to wait until the altar call is given. I believe God wants to show us his glory even in the midst of this message today. Father, we know that you are. And we know that you're faithful, God. And we know that the only way that we can come to you is by believing that you are. And Lord God, we just come submitted and surrendered. I do right now. I stand behind this sacred desk, this pulpit, this very important platform. Lord God, the most important place that I will ever stand is behind this pulpit and declaring the Word of God. It's not a statement. It's not a speech. It's not something of my opinion. But I have been mandated from the throne room of grace. I have been called as an ambassador of Jesus Christ, as a representative here on earth, to let my light so shine and to speak what thus saith the Lord. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that that you've given me in prayer and study and preparation will flow forth into the hearts of people people today that realize uh, that they must stand firm upon the Word of God, uh, and they must look to the Word of God today for their answers. Uh, Whatever questions they have, I know that God is uh, the answer to that question. Uh, Whatever circumstance, I know that God is uh, the one that's faithful to bring them through. Uh, So I pray, God, that they would open their hearts along with their ears, uh, that they may receive your Word, uh, because we need your Word deep down in our lives today uh, to help us to function and unction, uh, and we We ask you, God, just to use us for your glory today. Anoint the preaching of your word, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is, there it is again, a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So simply stated, we must believe that God is. We must believe that God is and that He is what His Word revealed Him to be and what He revealed Himself to be in the Word of God. What did He reveal Himself to be throughout the Word of God? From cover to cover, from the beginning to the end, we find that He shows us here that He is a being of infinite perfections. He is existing in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And so we understand this morning that God's Word declares that He is. Therefore, we must believe His Word. We cannot veer away from the Word. We cannot let dust accumulate on the Word. This must be the worn-out book in our house. That must be the worn-out, the most you go to app on your cell phone should be your Bible app on your iPad. They couldn't have preached this 20, 30 years ago this way, but that's where we're at today. On your social device, electronic device, that needs to be your go-to. What you're sharing in your status week after week, day after day, there should be some word in there. Why? Because we want to show people. We have social apps to show people who we are. I don't want them to know me just as a neighbor or the guy down the street or the guy that they work with or an old classmate but I want them to know that I am redeemed that I've been blood bought and washed in the blood I'm born again why because
because I was introduced to a God who was faithful and true and his word is true and I believe that he's everything that he says his word says he is. All of his infinite perfections. We can begin to describe who God is. But if we begin to describe this and share this list of who God is and what God is, it'd be too many for us to name in this setting. I could just stand here starting this morning and say God is and begin to name just all the names of God and be here until the night. And then I could begin to declare uh, God is through what God does and what his word says he would do and how he is. And I could be here until Wednesday night possibly. Because that list is unexhaustible. It continues on and on. But some of my favorites are these. He's Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. He was what was and what is and what is to come and forever will be. I love this one. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Oh, there's been times that I've had to lean on this one. He is the Prince of Peace. Along there where Isaiah said he's the Prince of Peace, he said he's the Everlasting. He said he's the Wonderful Counselor. He began to list a lot more. Those weren't on my list, but they go on and on. King of Kings, Lord of Lords. This is wonderful one. The Great I Am. But I love it when it gets even more personal. Sister Rhonda was singing, My God is real. So he's my rock. Oh, I guess he's just mine. He's my rock, my salvation, my soon-coming king. He's my redeemer. He is my great I am, and I'm thankful for that this morning. As I was preparing this week, uh, the men uh, here a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, did a wonderful job uh, on this song, and we're hearing it a lot lately. Uh, we were singing it on the beach yesterday. Me and Kylie was singing it there uh, up underneath that easy up. I was, uh, I was feeling like, uh, like I was in an oven. Donald Trump said the other day that he was there on that platform, and he was baking. That's what I felt like out there. One lady came up to me and uh, said, I bet you regret wearing dress pants to the beach, don't you? I said, well, no, not really. Uh, another girl looked at me and she said, I love your beach fit today. But uh, we were there under that easy up. I was trying to get some shade and Kylie came up to me and I was asking about songs. Her mom said something about a song she was singing the other day and uh, she started singing this one. So we started singing it together. He's a way maker. And that songwriter and that song Waymaker, he said this about him and that song, one part of it, he said, you are Waymaker." Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. And then he made it personal. My God, that is who you are. He said, you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Can I tell you that's who God is this morning? You may be here this morning. Let me ask you this question. Do you need some direction in your life? Do you need some direction in your life? Well, the songwriter said there, uh, if you need direction, uh, you can hold to the fact that God is waymaker. He's a waymaker. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Uh, he will make a way in the wilderness. Uh, he will make a way in the darkest hour uh, when you can't see to put one foot in front of the other but know that you've got to get out of it. Uh, you continue to put that foot there uh, and to know that you can do it. How can I get out uh, of where I'm at? Well, he said that he gave us his word, uh, and his word is a lamp unto our feet uh, and a light unto our path. Uh, but I challenge somebody this morning that needs direction. Uh, it's walking in a dark 
dark place and can't seem to find their way, open up the Word of God and let it be that lamp under your feet. We don't have to see what's down the road. We just need to see to make one more step. As they sung this morning, that just rang over in my heart. Who's willing to take that step? Because that very next step could be the breakthrough. That very next step could be the chains falling. That very next step. So if you need direction, just start stepping and to know that God will direct your path. He is the way maker this morning. If I needed direction this morning, I'd lift my hands to heaven right now and say, Lord, I'm thankful that in my directions that I'm seeking, you are making a way. You are the way maker. You are the way maker. Maybe you need the promises of this word to be fulfilled in your life. You've read them. Maybe this week you got into your Bible and began to read and found those promises of God. Found those promises of God. Somebody came to me one time, Brother Underwood, and they wanted to hand me a book that was all the promises of God. He said, it's all the promises of God. I want you to have this, Pastor. I said, I don't want it. He said, why don't you want it? He said, it said I said, all it has is his promises. I said, because every promise is tied in with a command. I said, so if he, they got the commands tied in there with it, I'll take your book. But if it's just the promises, keep the book. Matter of fact, don't keep the book. You're a member of my church. Get rid of the book. Because though his promises are great and wonderful, understand something. We need his promises, and we need the promises of his word fulfilled. But if we go by intellect and abilities and what we think, we'll automatically, if we'll go by human intuition, what we'll go after is just promises. Hear me this morning. What we'll run after is just the blessing, Right? Uh, that's just the nature of man. We want what makes us feel good. And we want the promises. Uh, so in order to get, we can't, and then we can't figure out why are the promises of God uh, not being fulfilled in my life. Uh, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And if you love him uh, and you're needing that direction and you know that he's a way maker, uh, but now you've been reading his promises of his word uh, and you want them to be fulfilled and you understand uh, that with those promises come the commands, uh, you'll go back to what the songwriter said. Uh, I want his promises fulfilled in my life. Uh, and I know uh, that God is not a man that he should lie uh, and he's not slack concerning his promises. Uh, so I know this morning uh, that God is uh, the promise keeper uh, and God is uh, faithful to bring it to pass in my life and so we cling to him maybe you're in a as I said a few minutes ago in a dark place dark place he said God is the light in the darkness let me ask you a question this morning the same question I asked that group yesterday do you know him as your personal savior do you know the Lord as your personal savior or do you have to go I don't know if anybody saw my little video that I posted earlier this week. Do you know him secondhand? Do you just know because of what you've heard about here on Sunday? Or what you've heard from somebody else? Or you've heard mama talk about him? Or you, you may have been raised in church and heard about it your whole life, but you've never really had a personal relationship with him? But, but are you here this morning and you know him as your personal Savior? If you don't, you can. But if you do, you can declare this morning, God is my God. He's not just a God. He's not just the God. He's my God. 
Then we can tell him that is who you are. What did the Lord say of himself? Well, he said in Exodus 3.14, I am that I am. And so we realize that God is who he reveals himself to be right here in this word. He is exactly what he revealed himself to be. And there's nothing that we can do to change that. There's nothing that you can do this morning to change who God is. Say, I don't believe it. That's your problem. He's still God. It doesn't change the fact that God is. It does not change that he's the way maker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, and my God, just because somebody may be, well, I don't believe that. I don't believe that God is this, and I don't believe that God can do that, and I don't believe that God moves that way anymore, and I, and I don't, and I don't, and I don't. That can carry on and on and on, but understand something. He said, I am that I am, and so he reveals himself to be that, and there's nothing that we can do to change it, but in order for us to walk in perfect harmony with him, we must believe it. You cannot believe it if you want to, but there's consequences to unbelief. There is consequences to not believing that God is what his word says it to be. Some may pick up this Bible and, and begin to read it and say, that's a bunch of fairy tales. I don't believe it. They have a right to that. You, you have a right to say, I, I don't believe what you're preaching. I don't believe that Bible to be true. I, I don't believe that prayer works. I don't believe in miracles. I, there, there's people that, ha, that are in religion uh, that says they believe the Bible to tell you that uh, God does not work miracles anymore. They'll tell you, I don't believe in uh, those things that you do. I don't believe uh, that, that you have to shout and run and all of those things. Well, you can not believe it if you want to, but you're the one missing out. There's just something about it. Uh, when the joy of the Lord begins to fill my soul, uh, a Baptist man used to sing this. The cathedrals uh, said, rivers of joy flooding my soul. And you know what those Baptist men would sing? I love to hear them sing. They're some of my favorite singers. Uh, they said, when the Holy Spirit uh, starts to move in my soul, uh, it starts something happening that I can't control. Uh, it puts clapping in my hand, dancing in my feet. There's something about it that God is. Of course you don't believe in those things if you've never been moved on by the Spirit of God. But that doesn't change the fact that God still moves in that fashion. God is. And for order for us to be in harmony with that, we can't step back with our arms crossed saying, I don't believe it. I'm not going to get involved in it. No, I want to be under the spout, Brother George, where the glory's coming out. I don't want to be a skeptic on the sideline. One of the greatest things about heaven is all the Aikens will be busy far away. There'll be no skeptics. There'll be no critics. There'll be no naysayers. There'll be no ones that's just sitting back to spectate. When we get to heaven, it's going to be all participants. And all in knowing that we're singing the song of the redeemed, the angels are going to step back, Sister Gilda, and they're going to listen to the participators singing, I'm redeemed, singing that redemption song, but knowing that we don't have to worry about the naysayers and the ones that say, I don't believe it. You don't have to get all bent out of shape like that. You don't have to raise your voice. You don't have to break a sweat. You don't have to do all of those things. Well, According to the word, the only way that we're going to work, work and walk in perfect harmony with him is if we believe. Our text tells us what we've got to believe. We've got to believe he is. We can go into doctrine and dogma and our beliefs and all of those things, practical commitments and the declaration of faith, but it lies within those two words, God is. So we must believe that he is, and not only believe that he is, but believe that he's a rewarder of them that do what? Diligently 
Let me ask you something. Is this diligent? What is it? Diligently sitting. (laughs) Sitting by the wayside. I think of blind Barnabas, Sister Debbie. He was diligently sitting. But under what he was sitting there one day, he was blind. He he had no ability. He had a, a cloak that represented his blindness, but also represented his status as a beggar. And he heard the crowd. The thing about a blind person, they got keen hearing. And so he heard the, the footsteps. But I think it was more than keen hearing. I believe that he felt the presence as the Lord Jesus began to come into town. And you know what he began to do? He went from diligently sitting to diligently seeking. What did he do, Pastor? He cried out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He is the son of David. He is the healer. He is all of those things. But he was still a beggar, right? This is in, in my notes. I'm out away from my notes. So. He was a blind man, but the healer was walking through town. And he felt his presence, and he decided the only way that I'm going to go from a blind man to a seeing man The only way that I'm going to go from my begging condition to to being able to provide myself, uh, the only way that I'm going to get out of my diligently, thank you, brother, uh, diligently sitting is that if I start diligently seeking. They said, they, Barnabas, hush. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now, Barnabas, we told you to hush. Quit making that ruckus. Uh, Just go back to diligently sitting. Just just sit there and be quiet. Let Jesus pass through. Uh, Let this pass through, and we'll get on with our day, and you can go on back to your begging. Uh, But he said there, he said he cried even the more. Uh, Jesus, thou son of David, uh, have mercy on me. Uh, So if you want a definition of diligent, uh, that was diligent. They said, hush, keep it quiet. Uh, I can't keep it quiet. Uh, And then they said, well, uh, your, your cry has gotten to the heart, gotten to the ears of Jesus. He wants to talk to you. I love this part of the story. If you're casually reading, you'll miss this part of the story. It says that he rose up and he threw that coat, that cloth, that representation. He took that piece and he threw it aside. Some said, well, he threw it aside so he could get to Jesus quicker because that was girded about him. That's possible, but I've never known a blind man to get anywhere quick. And so he, uh, whether he had the garment or not, uh, didn't matter how quick that he was going to get to him. Uh, but I believe uh, because that, clo- that cloak uh, that he had uh, was more than something to keep him warm. Uh, it was more than something to roll up for a pillow at night. Uh, but it was a representation that told everybody uh, he's a blind beggar. Uh, and he knew uh, that he was no longer uh, going to need that because uh, he is. Uh, and he is a rewarder of them uh, that diligently seek him therefore I don't need this cloak anymore I was blind this morning but I'm going to be seeing by the night I was begging this morning but tonight I'm going to have bread aplenty because he who the sun sets free is free indeed so you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him Matthew chapter 16 we find this it says when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi 
he asked his disciples a question. He asked them this. Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Very important question. Who do men say that I am? That means, who does others? In your travels, in your journeys, and your going abouts, what are you hearing? Well, they said in verse 14, some say thou art the John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah's, or one of the prophets. And what has just struck me as interesting is when you read, you don't, you don't get the facial expressions, you don't get the hand motions, you just have to kind of make them go as how you feel they went. And I don't know what Jesus' response was to that as far as facial expression or hand motion, if he went okay or whatever, but he moved right into the next question. And right, right there into the next question, in verse 15, he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Now he asked about the people, but he really wanted to know about them. Now, it's, it's maybe important what that one sitting next to you and your neighbor, I like to know where my neighbors stand with the Lord and what they think about the Lord. I like to know what those who's, who's on my social media pages, what they think of the Lord, co-workers and all of that. I think it's important to, to get a feel of, of what you're surrounded by. But he said the most important thing is this question, who do you, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that God is this morning? He said unto them, but who do you say that I am? And Here's Peter. He always jumped up. I don't, I don't know what the rest of them did. I don't know if he didn't give them a chance to answer or what. But in verse 16, Peter declares, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the man who believes that he is. He knew who he was walking with. He knew who he was in step with day by day. Uh, and so he just declared it. He said, Thou art the Christ, uh, the Son of the living God. And then verse 17 is where I feel that the Lord wants us to get through to us today. I want you to listen to this verse. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona. Listen, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to me. It wasn't the man Jesus' personality that revealed that to Peter. It wasn't because he was a, a great guy and he loved hanging around him and he loved being with him. He didn't lay down his net and follow him because he thought, man, this would be a good guy to follow. He'll, bring me, he'll lead me into a place that I don't have to smell like fish guts anymore, that I, I, can, I can follow him. He didn't follow him because of who he was in flesh and blood. Because Jesus, the Word, became flesh and dwelt among us. But these men... At least this man wasn't following the flesh. He was following the guiding and the leading of the Spirit. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. we got to get that this morning to understand that the flesh will never reveal to you who God is. The flesh will always try to make you doubt who God is. The flesh will cause you to sit there uh, during a message and say, I don't believe that. Let's go eat. The flesh will tell you, he's too long-winded. Let's go. Flesh is looking for a way out. Why? Because the flesh knows that when you uh, surrender, and when you believe that he is and a rewarder of him that diligently seeks him, uh, that you're going to sell out. 
that you're going to give in 100% completely. So the flesh is never going to tell you who God is. Only God can do that. So that's why we must diligently seek him. Now, I made this statement Wednesday night, and I think it bears repeating here in this service this morning. When we leave the altar, it's not far down the road that we don't truly believe that God is. Did you get that? When we leave the altar, when we forsake the altar, when we stop praying, can't emphasize the importance enough of prayer. We have not because we ask not. And to understanding that, that he comes to God, must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that pray. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man still avails much. So when we leave that altar, when we forsake that altar, when we say, I don't have time to pray, it won't be long that we'll get down the road, that we'll begin to doubt who God is. We'll begin to doubt that God can heal. We'll begin to doubt that God can move. We'll begin to make statements like this. God don't move that way anymore. I've made these statements over the last few weeks, but we'll begin to get to the place to say, the Holy Ghost isn't for me. It was just for them. It was just for a select few. We'll begin to make all kinds of crazy statements because we, how, how did that happen? We stopped diligently seeking Him. We, we think for a moment, uh, He is, but I can't obtain who He is. Uh, but then after a while, we say, uh, I don't even believe that He is anymore. Uh, and so when we forsake that altar, we're in trouble uh, because it's there that we diligently seek Him. When we just hear the Word, we think, man, it's great. I heard the Word today. Uh, but if we just hear the Word, uh, hear this message this morning, uh, and do nothing to apply it to our lives, if you came in here in trouble, you're going to leave here in trouble. If we don't apply it to our daily walk, you know what? We're going to forget God is. And if we forget God is, we'll forget who we are. If we forget that He is, We'll forget who we are. We'll begin to believe those lies that the devil says of who we are. And all those tags he begins to put on us of saying uh, who we are. You're a loser. We'll begin to believe that we're a loser. You're good for nothing. We'll believe that we're good for nothing. And we'll begin to believe all of those things. Or on the opposite side of that, we'll begin to think that we're all of that. And we'll begin to exalt ourselves back to that throne. And sit upon that throne of our lives. And that happens when we forget who God is. And when we do that, we're in trouble. James said this in James 1, 23 and 24. He said, For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like, a man, like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and he goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. You ever look at yourself in the mirror in the morning and by afternoon forget what you look like? If you do, go see the doctor. But what he is saying here, what this comparison is, uh, he's saying for any man be a hearer of a word and not a doer, he's like a man that does that. Uh, he's, he's saying here uh, that he has forgotten uh, that something has happened, uh, that he's looked at himself in the mirror in the morning, and by the uh, time he gets two steps away, he's forgot what he saw in that mirror. Uh, he's talking about this spiritually, uh, beholding yourself, and go away and straightway forgetteth uh, what manner of man he was. Do You wake up in the morning uh, and you realize, that God is and what God is doing and who you are, but then you forsake the altar. 
And then you go about and you begin to forget what manner of man that you are. We forget what we're supposed to be doing. So we don't function in faith. We don't pray. We don't find it important to get to God's house. All of those spiritual things, we don't witness to anyone else. We don't share love and kindness. We begin to get bitter, and all of those other things begin to set in. Why? Because we forgot what manner of man that we're supposed to be, what manner of woman you're supposed to be. God is exactly what His Word says He is. And He will do exactly what His Word said He will do. We've got to believe that. But will we do exactly what His Word says we're supposed to do? Only if we believe that He is. The only way that we will function in that kind of faith is to be more than hearers of the Word. We've got to be men and women of action. We've got to be doers of the Word. The book of Acts has not ended. It's continuing on because it's the Acts of the Apostles. We are His apostles. We are His disciples. And we must live out in action. We must live out. James went on to say in verse 25, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. I'm not just looking into a mirror, but I'm looking into the perfect law of liberty. I didn't just hear it. I'm seeing it. I'm looking at it. I'm studying it. I'm diligently praying about it. I'm diligently reading God's Word. It's a daily communication. He said, but whoever does that and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. God is. God is. And God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But you're not going to get that in flesh and blood. You can continue to go through the motions and the actions of flesh and blood, but you're not going to get anywhere. Wheels are going to be spinning. But when you put it to action, and you begin to realize that I need to diligently seek Him, something's going to happen. In closing this morning, I want to give an invitation to this altar. As you stand with me all over this house, I, I came across an old song today, and I've asked Noah to play it during the altar call. Simply, simple title of it is God Is. Some may come this morning to this altar for salvation. Some may need to come back to the Lord. Or some may come with situations that's just too much for you to bear. Wherever you're at, whatever it is that you bring to this altar this morning, I want you to remember this. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. God is. God is. So why don't we let him this morning be who he says he is? God is. So why don't you let him be who he says he is in your life today? Will you do as these men sung in that first song? Take that step. Step out of that pew. Make a move towards this altar. Maybe you're here today and you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior. Take that step today. Take a step towards salvation. Maybe you're a backslider. Take a step towards coming back home. Maybe you're in a dark place and you can't see in front of your face, it seems, emotionally, spiritually. He's a way maker. Why don't you take that step this morning? Because I guarantee you, whatever you need, 
God is. Maybe you have sickness in your body or something you don't understand what's going on. God is your healer today. I want you to step out. God is. God is. God is. Father, we know that you are and that you are a reward of them that diligently seek you. Lord, we're not going to find out who you are if we refuse to diligently seek you. You said, seek my face, and I said, thy face, O Lord, will I seek. Lord God, you said that it takes the effectual, fervent prayer, and if your people, which are called by your name, will pray. You mentioned all of these things. Jeremiah 33 and 3, God, you declared if we pray, you'll answer us. Lord, you're not slack on none of those promises. God, our refusal to pray and our refusal to surrender is not going to change who you are. But it's going to change what you mean to us and how you operate in our lives. So help us to be willing to step in harmony with who you are. As we make our way to this altar this morning, I pray, God, that we'll just step into harmony with you. And saying that God is who his word says he is, and I know it to be true. And Sister Rhonda sung this morning, we'll leave here declaring, my God is real. He's real in my soul. We ask it in Jesus' name. You need him to be real in you? Make your way to this altar. Some have already made their way to the altar this morning. Whatever you need this morning, God is. Will you come? God is. I need this. God is. I need. God is. He's faithful. He's faithful as promised. Let's pray this morning, church. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.